The Rangers lost a series against the Tampa Bay Rays in some frustrating fashion, but it looks like they might have solved their biggest problem, but possibly have a new biggest problem. We're getting into all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Today is Monday, June 12th, and your Rangers are 41-23, and 23, still alone atop the AL West with a five-game lead over the Astros despite losing this series to the Rays. Now, this was a frustrating way to lose a series, but it was just such a fun series. Honestly, I kind of want to provide some perspective at first on this series. The Rangers haven't had this big of a single series in the regular season in a a long time. I think it was the the pregame show before this first game where uh, Steve Bouchelle said this was the biggest regular season series for the Rangers since 2015 against the Angels where the Rangers were, it was the final games of the regular season. The Rangers needed to win, I believe it was two games, at least needed to win on game 162 uh, in order to clinch the division or I think they might have missed the playoffs at that point, but the Rangers did clinch on 162 and this wasn't quite as big as that, but this was a really fun series. There weren't any national TV games outside of, I think Saturday was an MLB network game, but these are the two teams with the best records in all of baseball heading in. They were absolute juggernauts and the Rangers kind of got it handed to them a little bit in the first game. Not a whole lot going right for them offensively. Only three hits for them and all of them were solo home runs. Two of them by Leody Tavares, his first ever career multi-home run game. Big day for him. His fourth and fifth homers of the season and then in the ninth inning just for good measure Josh Young added his 13th home run of the season extending his lead over all American League rookies and not a whole lot of walks either just a three walks for them one of them by Leo Tavares so only six base runners for the Rangers in this one and half of them were solo home runs a decent outing from Andrew Heaney I know I say decent three earned runs five innings pitched five strikeouts a couple of walks and one home run this is a Rays team that absolutely dominates lefties like we, we saw what they did to Martin Perez on Sunday and him going through five innings and and keeping the Rangers in this one it was a, a fairly close it was an in reach game two of the home runs the Rangers got were in the eighth and ninth inning there wasn't a whole lot going against Tyler Glass now who looked absolutely fantastic and in, in case you didn't know he looks like actor Killian Murphy um just in case apparently the world is just now realizing this even though he's looked like Killian Murphy for the longest time I think it's just a a specific screenshot of him in those fantastic devil rays uniforms just a really fun opener in this one the Rangers just were not able to get anything going off of him he's definitely someone who if the Rangers faced off against the Rays in the playoff they're going to see him probably twice they're probably going to see Sunday starter Shane McClanahan twice um, and they, they might end up seeing Taj Bradley who they they saw pretty well in the Saturday win and the Rangers really really got to that rookie especially 
City, Corey Seager. Corey Seager got to everyone in that one. This was maybe the best offensive game of Corey Seager's career in the regular season. Five hits. All of the hits were absolutely stung. Absolutely stung. The softest one was 98 miles an hour off the bat, and I believe four out of the five were at least 100 miles an hour or more. Had a double, had a home run, had four RBIs, and two runs scored for him in this one. Just an absolutely electric day from the Rangers shortstop, kind of showing after that rough first game where the Rangers bullpen really got beat up and really just Spencer Howard got beat 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 up pretty badly in his first game since coming back up I believe last uh, beginning about about a week ago uh, whenever the uh, DeGrom first DeGrom news dropped on Monday of uh, last week so yeah about seven days ago but still this Rangers offense bounced back against a really tough rookie Tosh Bradley was one of the top-rated pitchers, uh, pro- pitching prospects in all of baseball, and he's been really good this season, but the Rangers tagged him pretty well. It didn't matter who was on the mound. The Rangers have gotten to pretty much everybody that they've faced off against this year. Um, they also got a couple of runs off of Beeks, the lefty reliever who the, who the Rays brought in in relief of Taj Bradley. Bradley went three and two-thirds innings, four runs, uh, five runs, four of them were earned, four walks as well. It had not been walking a whole lot of batters, but the Rangers were very, very patient, showed off why their offense is so incredibly good, so incredibly deep and talented. Um, we we saw a lot of that this weekend. I was kind of surprised that the, the Friday lineup was the one that was, that was shut out so handily because that was the A1 lineup. I mean, that is the group of guys who I think are one through nine, the best in all of baseball, the deepest and most talented, and I, I think most versatile in the most situations. That's one of the things I didn't realize about this race offense until you go and face them and see two completely different lineups when they face a righty versus lefty. That's the thing that I think the Rangers offense has the edge in. They have a lot of guys who can hit the opposite handed pitcher as well, especially at the top of their lineup in with their lefties with Corey Seager and Nathaniel Lowe. Both those guys can hit lefties really well. That was a thing that the Rays didn't think Nathaniel Lowe could do. They didn't think he could hit velocity. They didn't think that he could hit against lefties well. And he hits very, very well against lefties. One of the best left on left hitters in all of Major League Baseball. I kind of wish that Nathaniel Lowe could have gotten a home run off of Shane McClanahan, who is a lefty who does throw with velocity. He's still not elite against velocity, but he's fine, and he hits lefties actually very well. So that would have been a nice little, you know, hey, guys, uh, I'm actually pretty good, and you guys probably shouldn't have traded me so that I could actually play with my brother as opposed to playing against him, which they did for the first time on Saturday. A fun little moment of Josh finally getting on first base. He doubled in his first at-bat, kind of ran right past his his older brother. We didn't get to see any of the pickoff throws. I think Nathaniel made a comment about maybe wanting to swat him with his glove if, if he was if he was on first base for long, but he, he did not stay there. There was a fun little moment on Bally Sports Southwest Twitter that they, they did share of Josh Lowe making some funny faces behind his brother at first base, which I would absolutely be doing in all scenarios if I was in that position if I was behind my older brother I'd be making goofy faces and um, just trying to distract him being an absolute uh, goofball but a fun moment for the the brothers low and uh, the parents and the whole family and friends I think there were 90 people there to go watch those two face off for the first time against each other in a game but um, still bringing it back to the big perspective on this Rangers team this is their first series loss since mid-May and when they lost on Friday that was the first time they had lost consecutive games since uh i believe april it's been a long time this rangers team has been so freaking good in series this year the rangers are 15 5 and 1 let that sink in 15 series wins five series losses one series split that's nuts that's absolutely 
bonkers. This is the first time the Rangers had lost a series since the middle of May, and the only time that the Rangers have lost multiple series in a row was the second and third series of the year at home against Baltimore and then on the road against the Cubs. That's the only time the Rangers have lost back-to-back series in the entire year. That's how good this team has been. It is a little frustrating. And um, for some perspective of why Bochy rested literally everybody in that Wednesday game, the Rangers just started a stretch on Friday of 30 games in 31 days before the All-Star break. That is a brutal stretch. Absolutely brutal stretch. So getting those guys multiple days off in a row is a big, big deal. And I think that was the right move, even though they did, you know, basically have no shot of winning that game. Well, actually, they did have a shot of winning that game because John Gray was absolutely incredible in his complete game, not quite shut out. But still, Rangers are maintaining the big perspective. This was a frustrating series, but again, it's the freaking race. They are incredible. They beat everybody. They beat everybody down. And the Rangers were never really totally out of the series at, at any point. I mean, the Friday game did feel a little one-sided with how well Glasnow was pitching and how much the Rangers offense wasn't doing uh, much of anything. But um, for the most part, the Rangers were very much in the series, especially in Sunday's game. They had the tying run at the plate in the top of the ninth inning, even though they were down four runs. Ezekiel Duran does ground into a double play, but nice to see the Rangers work a rally in there after being pretty much shut out in the second half of the game by Shane McClanahan after that rough three-run third inning for him. He looked absolutely nails and like one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in all of baseball, but the Rangers still got him for three, and that is not something that happens a whole lot to him at home or really anywhere, and the Rangers should feel pretty freaking good about that and pretty freaking good about where they are, especially when it looks like the Rangers might have fixed their biggest problem, which is their bullpen. We're going to look at what the bullpen did this weekend and why I am really encouraged by what they're doing so far. But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle, which is why every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million different parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shout out to the everyday for making Lockdown Rangers a first listen every single day. On Tuesday's show, I'll be breaking down why Dane Dunning has been so effective this year. Hopefully, he's still effective on Monday, so I don't look stupid um, doing that. But the Rangers take on the Angels this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this weekend's bullpen... It, it may not look as impressive when you when you factor in um, the Spencer Howard of it all, but for the most part, this bullpen was absolutely incredible this weekend, especially Josh Boris, who I have been a believer in for, uh, I don't know, I think about a week is when I made my official declaration of being a Josh Boris believer. I, I wish that I had taken that stance a little bit earlier. But Josh Boers has been incredible, and uh, here's what the bullpen has done so far this weekend. In three innings on Wednesday, they allowed four hits, four earned runs, one walk, and one strikeout. 
not super great. Saturday, two and two thirds innings, zero hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. Much, much better. And then on Sunday, in relief of Martin Perez and his rough outing, four and two thirds innings, one hit, zero walks, five strikeouts, and that one hit was immediately erased on a caught stealing I mean, a great throw by Jonah Heim. You take out what Spencer Howard did, which was get one out and allow four hits, four runs, um, and I believe he also had the one walk as well. Um, you take out the Spencer Howard overall. And this weekend, the Rangers bullpen combined for 10 innings pitched, one hit, one walk, 10 strikeouts. And again, like I said, that one hit was immediately erased by Jonah Heim on a caught stealing. That, that's really freaking good. And that's against the best offense in all of baseball. That is a good bullpen. That is not just a mediocre bullpen getting by. That is a straight up good bullpen. They got great performances from Josh Spores. They got great performances from Jose LeClerc, especially on, on Sunday. That was a huge outing by Jose LeClerc going two and two-thirds innings. But Josh Spores has been absolutely incredible this season. Like, just honestly incredible. His expected ERA is makes his actual ERA look much, much better. Um, his actual ERA is at 3.67, or 3.63 on the year. Um, his expected ERA is in the top 2% of the league at 2.01. His strikeout rate, his whiff rate, is in the 100 percentile of baseball. There is nobody better at getting swings and misses in all of Major League Baseball than Josh Spores. Yeah, that's right. Josh Spores, his fastball velocity, top 10% of baseball, strikeout rate, nine, top 3%, expected slugging, expected barrel percentage, expected batting average. All of those, top 4% of baseball, most of those in the top 2 or 3%. He's still walking guys in the 39th percentile, not getting a whole lot of spin on his curveball, and the chase rate is only, only in the 68th percentile. But still, he is getting a lot of swings and misses. He is being very, very effective. And by the end of the season, he might just be the Rangers closer. It might not even take till the end of the season. It might be another like week or two or month of this. And and he is is going out there as the Rangers closer instead of Will Smith. I think that is a very real possibility and even a likelihood. I mean, he came in there in, in relief of Nathan Evaldi, who didn't have his best outing on Saturday. The Rangers said, it, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Evaldi. We got you. They scored him six runs the first four innings. He allowed four runs in the bottom of that fourth inning, but he was still able to battle going six in a third innings, striking out six, did walk three, which I believe is the most he has walked this year, um, and did allow a home run, which is a real rarity for him. But this race lineup, especially at home, they will get to anybody. But Josh Boris comes in in a big moment. He is the only one who allowed the walk this this weekend, but still an inning in two thirds with three strikeouts in some pretty, it felt pretty high leverage situations um, at that moment. But still, really really nice stuff from him. It was a four run game, but still with this Rays offense, no run, no lead feels safe. And Spores was fantastic in that outing. He has been honestly fantastic in his last several outings. Um, in the month of June, he's got three appearances, five and a third innings a zero ERA and nine strikeouts, just one walk. Those la those are three appearances, including two perfect innings against Seattle with two strikeouts, one and two thirds innings perfect of perfect baseball against the Cardinals with four strikeouts, and then one and two thirds innings against Tampa Bay with three strikeouts and one walk. That is incredible stuff from him. And you add Baltimore in there, his last four appearances, he has not allowed a run. Did have a couple of rough outings against Pittsburgh and against Atlanta, but Outside of that, there's only been, um, if you look at May, there's only been three outings since in since the month of May that he has allowed any runs at all. He has been very consistent for the Rangers. He has been what the Rangers have needed. And um, the Rangers, 
gave him a long, long leash. It's been a long time of them saying, we're not quite sure if this guy is going to be the guy in the pen or a guy in the pen because he had missed so badly in two-strike counts, and that was really, really burning him. But the stuff was always there. You could always see it was just there. And now it seems like he's finally turning that corner into a guy from a guy with a lot of potential to a guy who is really freaking good and getting results on the diamond and on the mound. It is it is just a really nice thing to see someone like that panning out who the Rangers gave so many opportunities. And I at the beginning of the season, I, I gotta say I was not a Josh Boars believer. I was I was in the camp that, all right, this guy has had plenty of chances so many different times, um, and it just has not been there. It, you just might as well go ahead and cut bait with him and um, just don't worry about it. But the Rangers didn't because the Rangers front office is smarter than me. They have more information, and they are just, you know, they're smarter. And they were right to not cut bait with Josh Spores because he has been absolutely electric. And Jose Leclerc, his outing on Sunday was absolutely massive, as was pretty much everybody in that pen on Sunday. They got to see Yeri Rodriguez come in, who was called up after Spencer Howard was sent down, which I do have to make a comment on that because I'm, I'm really frustrated with the Rangers' decision to do this. Bruce Bochy made that comment that, um, you know, before Spencer Howard actually got into a game, he said that uh, he hadn't pitched a whole lot. He literally only had two rehab appearances before he was called up to the big leagues, which I thought was was not quite enough for how much time he had missed. Turns out I was right because when he got he got into a game, he got absolutely shellacked by this Rays offense. But Bruce Bochy said that, oh, no, he'll have some time to um, sort himself out. It won't just be that one bad outing. That was after the Friday game where the Rangers lost and Spencer Howard got lit up for those four runs in a third of an inning. And then literally the next day, the Rangers sent him down for Yeri Rodriguez and Bochi said well he just wasn't quite right yet they're going to go stretch him out a little bit and I think they're going to stretch him out as a starter which I think is a terrible idea I like the idea of Spencer Howard bullpen guy the Rangers have given him a long long leash maybe it's a it's a Josh Spores situation where um you know uh, they're smarter than me and they know that this guy really has that potential. We, we've seen him for so many starts and in so many different scenarios with the Rangers at the major league level. And, and he just has not had very much consistency at all, or really much success at all with the Rangers at the big league level. It's been frustrating, but I'm talking about good bullpen performances and Jose Clerk deserves a huge round of applause for two and two thirds innings of scoreless baseball on Sunday, kept the Rangers in it. This was a close game. He had a pair of strikeouts as well. Grant Anderson looked really good in his one inning of work. Gary Rodriguez got a couple of strikeouts, looked really good in his inning of work as well. Um, just really nice stuff from this Rangers bullpen all weekend long, keeping the Rangers in it. The Rangers were able to rally in that ninth inning because this bullpen didn't allow a single run. They maybe should have been in there a little bit earlier on Martin Perez. I don't think, I still don't think his outing is as bad as it looks. I know he was getting hit hard, but a lot of those hard hit balls were on the ground. Uh, we're we're going to talk a little bit more about concerns with this Rangers rotation in the third segment, but this bullpen is looking much, much better. I don't know that Yuri Rodriguez is going to get to stick in the big leagues for very long because, uh, the Rangers are having Joe Barlow. Uh, he will be eligible to return from his kidney stone stint on the IL on Tuesday. So I don't think that Ieri is going to stay in this big league pen for very long. They also did get, I do need to mention John King, who the guy who I, I trashed pretty, pretty heavily in when talking about the bullpen, or I don't know, very heavily. I just said I was out on him, but he had a really great performance on the Friday game, two and two thirds innings of perfect baseball, one strikeout for him against this Rays offense who gobbled up every lefty that they saw outside of him and, and Will Smith this weekend. They got to every single one of those lefties that the Rangers threw out there. 
but credit to him credit to him for those two and two thirds innings the Rangers needed it again like I said they're in this big long stretch of 30 games in 31 days so every long outing by the bullpen when the starters only able to go five innings or um, less than five innings as was the case on Sunday is a huge huge thing for this Rangers team they need something out of everybody on this roster because they are contending because they are so freaking good Um, every single one of these games feels magnified and um, yeah it might be time to take a look at magnifying glass on this range of rotation and especially Martin Perez because if he's a problem then that could be a big problem for the Rangers coming up we're going to look at if the Rangers really need to worry about Martin Perez or if they can just hold pat and uh and stay calm with this Rangers rotation but first this word from our sponsors Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every day on Wednesday's show. I'll break down John Gray's importance to this Rangers rotation. The Rangers take on the Angels this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, Martin Perez had a really, really rough start on Sunday. Just there's no ifs, ands, or buts about him. And he's had some pretty rough starts uh, two of the last three times out against Detroit. He really got rocked six runs that were all earned in four and two thirds innings for him. Um, He also had a really rough outing against the Angels in that Sunday series finale where the Rangers were still able to win because they dropped, uh, I think, 13 runs against the Angels. And he only went three and two thirds innings allowed seven runs. Um, But he's had some big, bad blow up starts and that has not that was not the case for him at all last year. The Rangers did spend a lot of money on him in the rotation. I get that he is making more than he probably should, more than I think he would have in free agency. Um, but you got to look at that in context. Yes, the Rangers did spend $19.6 million to keep Martin Perez with the qualifying offer. They had to do that. There was no other option. You saw, you all saw, we all saw how bad this Rangers rotation was last year. It was awful. It was just straight up awful. You had a lot of Spencer Howard outings. You had a lot of Glenn Otto outings and no shade to them. If those guys are Glenn Otto was at, at one point, the Rangers basically number three starter. And if you're, if your number three starter is Glenn Otto, again, no offense to him. He did a really good job being asked to probably do more than he was capable of. And he did. Okay. But you're not in a great spot. And that's why the Rangers lost 94 games last year. This year, Martin Perez was brought in to be maybe the number three, maybe the number four. And you kind of expected a little bit of regression, but but this year it has been it has been really rough. And I do want to give him some credit because he was pitching mostly like he wanted to. He just was not getting the calls, and that is a huge huge thing for Martin Perez. He's not missing a whole lot middle middle. He doesn't have a whole lot of swing and miss stuff. And yeah, the margins are pretty fine when you do that. But he was missing just off the plate and just out of the strike zone, which is where he lives. If he gets an expanded zone, then those balls become strikes. Those hitters counts become pitchers counts and the hitters are forced to expand the zone make weak contact and you know get a lot of ground ball outs and that's how he made his money last year that is why he was so good last year he was a deserved all-star last year but coming into this game he had a 397 era in 12 starts 68 innings decent stuff his walks went down. His home runs are up a little bit and he is getting hit a little bit harder. 10.2 hits per nine heading into this one. Um, but still, this is not something, this wasn't something to freak out about. Now, with this kind of an outing, it's very easy to just be super reactionary and think, oh my gosh, this guy is, is terrible. Now the Rangers need to go make a trade for a starting pitcher. And I did do an episode on Friday highlighting five starting pitchers the Rangers could trade for, but I also did mention in there that it's going to cost a lot to go get them. I didn't even 
mention hypothetical prospect tolls to go get any of those guys, but I don't think the Rangers are getting someone who is a mid-rotation starter without giving up one of Ezekiel Duran, uh, Evan Carter, Jack Leiter, Owen White. Those, I think, are their top four guys, and I I, I just don't think that's worth it. I know the Rangers are, are on one this year, um, and the Rangers are getting, you know, playing out of their mind from offensively from the top of their rotation in Ivaldi and John Gray. And man, this Jagram injury being out for at least 12 months and a decent chunk of next year um, is, is what that includes. Then that really sets them back. And there's going to be a lot of different teams that are, that are needing to go for starting pitching. And the Rangers really, they have a deep farm system but they have a lot of top guys at the top end that I think they're going to really regret if they have to give up one of those four guys that I mentioned for a mid-rotation starter. Now, I don't think Evan Carter is going to be given up for a mid-rotation starter. I think he's off the table. I think Duran might just be untouchable at this point, as I think is Josh Young. I think those three guys are pretty much untouchable, and it's going to really hurt if Jack Leiter continues this and figures it out for somebody else, and you gave him up for a guy who ends up being worse than him. That is going to be really frustrating, especially um, with the injuries to Kumar Rocker, um, or I guess just the injury to Kumar Rocker, it's just the Rangers are going to need to develop young, controllable starting pitching at some point. And one of Owen White and Jack Leiter is the Rangers' best hope at this point. I thought maybe at some point it would be Colwyn, but I just can't even think about that. And um, maybe Cody Bradford ends up being a fine back end of the rotation guy, but I, I don't think that he's coming up and replacing Martin Perez. I just don't think that. I think the Rangers just need to trust Martin Perez to figure it out and to get right because he's had some really good starts this year he really has i mean his last start before this one seven innings of zero earned runs just three hits and one walk five strikeouts against a very very good cardinals lineup full of it with a lot of righties who really really mashed lefties that was the case with this tampa bay lineup and for the most part i know he was getting hit hard but a lot of those hard hits were on the ground really only one of them was in the air and that was the three-run home run by wander franco who is probably the best player in all of baseball right now if it's not him it's probably ronald Cunha jr or maybe it's just shohei otani and we're overthinking it or it's aaron judge or maybe it's Corey seager but still i don't think there's a lot of shame in this one and i think that the spiraling over one bad outing against literally the best team in baseball who does this to absolutely everybody i think it's a big overreaction now if you look at the the big picture picture and you look at who the rangers number three starter is if it's not martin perez then it's andrew heaney if it's not andrew heaney then it's dane dunning and i think that's where you start to get in a little bit of a question you can get away with that in the regular season and as long as you're you know three through five or three through six guys because i think cody bradford's going to get at least one start if not more in this stretch of 30 games in 31 days just to kind of give this this rotation um a a breather which they will most desperately need because if they have another injury to the starting rotation then things get really really hairy um but still i I think that i think that martin perez is going to bounce back i really do i am a believer in martin perez and i I believe that he can be a number three in this rotation i mean look at the playoff rotation for the phillies last year they had their two top guys that were incredible and then Ranger Suarez, who was kind of hit or miss, and the number four guy was yeesh. Um, The Rangers have at least four deep in terms of starting pitchers that I'd feel confident in a playoff game. I mean, Nathan Eovaldi, John Gray, Martin Perez, Andrew Heaney, and maybe you switch out Dane Dunning for Martin Perez if you're playing against the Rays because you don't want want to throw out a lefty too often against this Rays lineup because they're really freaking good against lefties and against righties and against everybody. But still, I think that this is a lot of consternation about one start. There have been a couple of bad starts for Martin. I'm still a believer. We've still seen him have 
good starts this year. I think that having Aunt, uh, Jonah Heim behind the plate with his elite framing really kind of unlocked this Martin Perez. And I think it'll just kind of depend on um, on how we're going game to game. But still, if he is your if Martin Perez is your worst starter in your starting rotation, this is still a good enough team. The Astros are still five games behind the Rangers. They went to the Guardians, a team that is really scuffling, just can't hit for anything, and they really struggled badly offensively the top hitter in their lineup from sunday's game had an ops of 783 and heading into this weekend i think the rangers worst hitter in in that friday lineup had an ops of 790 something that that is the difference between the rangers and the astros the rangers are five games ahead of the astros the rangers or the astros just had to place jordan alvarez who's basically been their only good hitter this year on the 10-day il with an oblique strain and it could be a lot longer than that and the reason that jose altuve was not in the lineup on sunday is he had a little bit of an oblique tweak they're not putting him on the il he's going to sit i think monday and tuesday but he could be going back on the il those oblique injuries they're no joke we have seen what an oblique injury can do um even early this year in spring training to jacob Degrom. but still the rangers are in a good place i know that this one outing by martin perez remember it is a 162 game season it was one bad outing there have been several for martin but i think the overall picture with him and with heaney um to a lesser extent is points you to those two guys being solid as your number three and four in your rotation or maybe four and five if you really are a big believer in dane dunning like i, I think i am turning out to be this rotation is fine the bullpen is getting fixed the offense is still really freaking good and this team is still one of the best in all of baseball maybe not the best after we saw what the rays can do this weekend but still this is a really freaking good team in a really freaking good spot it was a tough weekend series but the rangers showed that they have world series aspirations they are not unfounded and this could be a preview of the alcs which would be awesome because it would also mean that the astros for the first time in seven years are not in the alcs and right now i think that's a very very real possibility for these Texas Rangers. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every day. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.